This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, college football fans, and welcome to the Primetime Podcast. Money is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And remember, before we get into the podcast, gotta say, if you're listening to us on SoundCloud as of October 1st, no longer gonna be there. So go to blogtalkradio.com backslash primetime podcast. Hit the subscribe button, or you can go to blogtalkradio.com backslash most valuable podcast for all of our podcasts. And we got a jam-packed show for you today is Brandon, it's it's basically picks week. We make our picks for the Heisman. We're gonna make our picks for the college football playoff. We're even going to make our picks for the national trophy. For the national trophy. Shout out to Phyllis. Phyllis from Mulga would say. So, However, we haven't had her on our show, um, but uh, it's been dodging the emails and the calls, man. We're hoping for one day. Been dodging them. I mean, it it'd help if we were Paul Feinbaum, right? But we got a jam packed show. Like I said, we're gonna start off talking some Heisman's going to college football playoff, then the national championship picks to end the show. But with the Heisman, there's a couple candidates, the main candidates and suspects that we had last year, except for the guy who won it. He's now in the NFL, but I think I think we got to start with the the front runner, right? The number one front runner, Brandon, the guy who many say should have won it last year in Christian McCaffrey, right? Right? He, he's the front runner, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. No. Not at all. Not at all. He isn't. But uh, you know, he's in there. He's he's in he's in my top five. He's in my top five. I don't know if he's if he's in your top five, but Ooh. I think he he. Did, again, it goes down to did, did he deserve credit last year? Absolutely. He had mm-hmm. a really good season, but you can't take away what Derrick Henry did. I mean, the guy was a monster, and people could say, well, well, but Christian, Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey he caught passes. He said a record. I don't record. give a crap if he caught passes. Was he better for his team? No. No. Because his team didn't win at all. Now, the one thing I will say this year that could be – instrumental in the Heisman voting is is if Stanford is really successful and they're making college football playoff type of a run and the voters see, hey, you know what? Maybe without him, the team isn't where they are right now. Maybe that could help him. I mean, last year they had Kevin Hogan coming in for his senior season. This year they don't. They've got two totally green quarterbacks that – I think the the quarterback, the most veteran quarterback of the two, is five of nine in his career. He's only completed five passes and has only attempted nine of them. So if it's one of those things where, okay, Stanford's in a playoff run, it's all because of him, then maybe he can squeak himself into the top two spots. Absolutely. I mean, I think that that's what it should come down to uh, at the end of the day for a Heisman winner. Mm-hmm. You know, their team did really well because of them. Because their I mean, team it's it, you don't want it to look like this guy won the Heisman because he was on the best team but didn't really do all that mm-hmm. much. You want a guy hey, sometimes it works out. He was on the best team and he was a huge reason. He was the reason. Now for you does that matter? Do do they need to be on the best team to win the Heisman? In in retrospect, yeah, they have to. Not necessarily for me, but yeah, you pretty much have to be on a good team. I'm not saying you have to be on the best team, but people probably aren't going to look at you as much mm-hmm. if you're not on a good team. You know what I mean? I mean, doesn't that only make sense? I mean, would you agree with that? Well, and I would. And the the reason why is you look at the last three Heisman Trophy winners, last year was Derrick Henry. He, his team won it all. Marcus Mariota, his team didn't win it all, but they were in the championship game, and the only reason they lost was they ran into that year was the Ohio State Cinderella story because nobody saw them making the playoff. Nobody saw them winning the first ever college football playoff. And then in 2013, you had famous Jameis who, guess what? He was the best player on the best team who won the national championship. The last guy who was a Heisman winner and didn't play in a national championship 2012, Johnny Manziel. 
But Johnny Manziel, I mean, you look what he did for his team. Look at those mm-hmm. numbers that he put up. I mean, it was incredible, stupid numbers. And, and that's obviously why he won it. But I think most of the time your team either has to be a playoff team or has to be darn close to being a playoff team for that player to be noticed. And, and, and is that right? I don't think so. But I think that really... If you look at it, that's how it kind of goes. And, and Ricky gave you a small sample of that. But that's what we see. And that's what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. I, I, go, I think that's what we're seeing more often. That's what we're going to continue to see as we continue forward with college football. That's just what people like. Because those are the teams that people watch. Those are the teams that people see on Saturday. You know, those are the players that they get to watch, that they fall in love with, that they go, wow, they are good. And, and, and is that right again? No, I don't think so, because there are a lot of players who are very good on some teams that aren't as good, but they also don't get watched as much either. So I think that that kind of skews people's judgment when it comes down to that. Well, and I'm I'm looking back e- even further. I mean, Manziel, I'm going to go back all the way to 2004. That's since 2004... The only two players to win the Heisman, well, three players to win the Heisman and not win the national championship, Marcus Mariota, but I'm giving him a pass because, like I said, he was in that game. The only two not to even be in that game, 2011, RG3, 2012, Johnny Manziel. I mean, 2010, Cam Newton won the thing. Mark Ingram, 2009, won the thing. Sam Bradford, 2008, just just lost to the guy who won the Heisman the year before in Timmy Tebow. Then you have Timmy in 2007, Troy Smith 06, and then Bush and Leinart 05 and 04. Yeah, I mean, the numbers really speak well, for themselves. In, in the that 05 not, not, one was it's not, vacated. It's, it's not numbers necessarily, but those, it's not a stat. Mm-hmm. But that that evidence, I mean, it speaks volumes. Yeah. It speaks volumes to kind of how people are, are, are chosen. And a lot of times they do get it right. Sometimes maybe not, but a lot of times they do. I think this past year, certainly, I've said it so many times throughout the year, and I think they got it absolutely right. I don't think that I would go back and say Christian McCaffrey should have been the guy over mm-hmm. Derrick Henry. And I'm I gonna, absolutely not. And I'm going to correct myself that 2007, you got to add Timmy in there because that was the year it was LSU, Ohio State, and Timmy Tebow did not play. For I know he's Tim Tebow. I just call him Timmy Tebow, guys. Um, he was not in the national title game either. So, okay, there's four since 2004. But I think, for me, the front runner coming into this year, and I'll spoiler alert it, the guy I got winning it all, Deshaun Watson. I mean, last year he was one of two quarterbacks. Only two quarterbacks, him and somebody else, were the only players to pass for over 4,000 yards and run for over 1,000 yards. Dual-threat quarterbacks in this league, if you can hurt another team on the ground or th- and through the air, you're a front-runner for the Heisman, especially if your team is undefeated. And there was a good ch- Like, the only reason his team didn't go undefeated the whole way through, they ran into an Alabama team that was just determined last year. And like you said had the best player in college football. That's why they won it. I think so, and I, I also think that Deshaun Watson coming into the season is already in the Heisman uh, uh, Heisman list. Uh, he's definitely on the Heisman watch, that's for sure. I, I You know what? One thing, though, that I think hurts him mm-hmm. is, I, is I think the hype. I think the hype hurts him because he, he could come out, he could be doing really well, all of a sudden he has a flop game, and people are going to go, you know there's people out there that are going to go, well, he's not the Heisman because he came down to earth for one game. And I think that's one thing that could hurt him. And then they'll turn their attention elsewhere. But I think if he repeats his numbers or comes really close to repeating his numbers, he has a great chance to be the Heisman winner this season. If Clemson, let's just say Clemson goes, I'm not talking about blowing out every opponent. I'm just saying they win every regular season game. They win them all. They're in the college football playoff undefeated. I know the Heisman happens before they win that national championship or play that national championship. If he wins all his games, goes into the college football playoff, is he the Heisman in your mind? 
Not necessarily. Was he the most important player on the team to win all those games? This year, is, and that's the big thing, is he going to be? Because, yeah, they lose two guys like Dodd and Lawson on the defensive side, but they gain somebody offensively, somebody who, and how are you going to take it for Deshaun in voting? Is it going to be, and Mike Williams is who I'm talking about, his number one wide receiver comes back. Is that going to be something where it's like, well, no, it kind of hurt you because you know what? Without him, you're nothing. Or is it a holy crap? Now that he has this guy, he's just on a whole nother level, a Heisman level. And that's the thing is, is you know, how much is that going to add to what he mm-hmm. was already doing last year? And many people would say, well, that's going to add a ton. I mean, they're in for a great season, and I think they are in for a great season. But I think one of the things is too is that. You know, does that they have a a, a good a good run game as well? Mm-hmm. Does that take any thing away from him? Do they use the the ground game more without him doing it? You know, that's that's something too. I think really, I really think that they are going to be very good. I think that he probably most likely will be the number one player. On that team, but you then have to also look at what do his numbers end up being? Is he better than last year? Is he right at what he did last mm-hmm. year? Is he less than last year? It's going to be hard. It's going to think... be hard. I don't care what you think yet. I will in one <laughs> minute. But it's going to be hard to repeat what he did last year. Well, because those he's got numbers to. were so good. And not to say that he won't be so good again this season, but. Even for a great player, I mean, it is hard to repeat like that each and every season. Why? Because there's injuries. Because there's other things that get in the way. You know, you just ha- sometimes have a down game. There's good defenses you run into. You, you Sometimes you just run into a really, really tough defense that you are unable to crack on that day. There are so many factors in every sport, especially college football, I I now want to hear what you have to say, Ricky, and I think it's been just about a minute. Well, he needs to he needs to reciprocate those numbers. He needs to, and the way I see it is, he's got to throw for over four thousand yards again, and he's got to run for over a thousand yards because that's a you know what he is the most dominant player. You look at the quarterbacks that I mentioned of past Heisman winners. Marcus Mariota did it both. Johnny Manziel. Did it both. RG3 did it both. Cam Newton did it both. Tebow. Tim Tebow did it both. The only two that I would kind of, I mean, Sam Bradford, not really, not really. Matt Liner, not really. But that's that's where you can kind of see the kind of evolution of the quarterback position in college football, where you're looking early 2000s, Matt Liner, the kind of later 2000s where it's, um, Sam Bradford right before Tebow won it. It's like, hey, you know what? Those guys are pro-style guys. Then Tebow comes out, Manziel, RG3, Cam Newton. That is where we're at right now. The quarterback that can hurt you with the arm and the feet. One guy that we have yet to mention who's not a quarterback who would have won the Heisman if he didn't fall off a cliff after playing Alabama, Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette. I mean, talk about a guy who is just on a rampage last season in a good way in college football. And that guy did not seem to slow down any week. But then he f- he ran into the buzzsaw, and that was Alabama's defense. And he did not play well. He did not play well at all. And even after that, even when he did play well again, people saw how poorly he played against a really good defense and a mm-hmm. really good team. And they just kind of dis- discredited him then, you know? You know, just kind of threw him off to the side like, eh, well, he's, he's nothing because he ran into one bad game. But I think that Leonard Fournette, if he gets 100 yards and a touchdown against Alabama, he's your Heisman winner. And it's funny that I'm saying that, and it may mm. not make a lot of sense, but I, what I'm basically saying is I expect him to repeat and put up the numbers that he put up last season against all those other teams, but the only team that matters is Alabama. If he can play well against them, then I think he is. I think he's your Heisman winner. He's going to be the first overall pick in the NFL. Well, mm. whoa, 
Well, you were just saying it. You were saying it, and now you're backtracking. I'm not backtracking. You know what some people would I'm call not, you? I'm not backtracking. I won't say it. Okay. I won't say it on this podcast. Here's a phony. Here's what I'm going to say. Here's what I'm going to say. I believe that when it's all said and done, he's going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft. The only thing, the only thing that makes him not the number one pick is if the 49ers get the number one pick because then they would go with the Deshaun Watson or like that team that's like, fuck it, we need a quarterback. So they can have a third quarterback yeah. go up against Kaepernick. Yeah. And, but uh, when it's all Gabbert. said and done, I think that I think that Leonard Fournette is going to be the guy. Who, like when At the end of the season, we're talking about Leonard Fournette being the best talent in this league. He's the number one overall pick. Or the other side of that debate, oh, but this team needs a quarterback. they got to go with Deshaun Watson. That's the conversation we are going to have about number one, unless it's a team that, hey, you know what, we could trade the pick because we don't need a guy like Tennessee if they get the Ram pick, but that's a that's a different show entirely. Leonard Fournette has all the tools. He is the back, the one of the only running backs, and I mean, I can't say that about last year because Derrick Henry won it, but coming into this year, he is the only back to me and the only other player I believe that could rival a Deshaun Watson for the Heisman. Now, if Deshaun Watson falls off this year, fine. He shouldn't win it. But if Deshaun Watson is on his game, Fournette can still rival him. If Deshaun Watson is on his game, he is not a foregone conclusion to win the Heisman because Fournette can still beat him. That's how good this player is in my eyes. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think that if they if they both... And I hope they are. I hope they are both on their game. I hope mm-hmm. they both play similar to what they did last season. I, 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 with a few changes here or there in a couple of games, that would be a really close contest and a fun race to watch for the Heisman. I mean, that would be a lot of fun. I'm going to give you two sleepers before we give each of our top fives for the Heisman. Two of them. One's a huge sleeper. One, not so much, but he's not going to win it. Number one, I'll give you the big sleeper. Greg Ward Jr., quarterback from Houston. I think Houston's going to do good things this year. He's going to be the guy to make that offense go. He's going to be the one with the foot on the pedal. Second one, who's not the biggest of sleepers, but will be because he's entering his second year, Josh Rosen. This is going to be the year where Rosen goes, hey guys, I'm here, I'm on the list, and then next year we're talking Rosen, Heisman winner. Now, one of the guys that I, I think that you could look at, too, is is Royce Freeman from Oregon. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a guy who people have talked about that this guy's going to be really good. Would you take him above Delvin Cook, though? No, I certainly wouldn't okay. take him above Delvin okay. Cook, but you're talking about sleepers. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just th- I was just asking the question. Uh, I, you're talking about sleepers, and this guy could be a guy who's maybe not necessarily the sleeper end of things, uh, especially for the fans that watch him, but does he get enough primetime moments for people to see primetime plays. And does he make Especially enough of them? Especially if Oregon's not that good this year. Exactly. You know, that's there's a lot of things. Again, there's a lot of things that go into how can you be a Heisman winner. Well, first of all, you got to be on a team that is probably going to play in primetime. Mm-hmm. Sorry, but you, you, you have to be, really. Uh, you got to be on a team that is going somewhere. And then you got to make big plays and you got to be good. I mean, those those are those are three key factors. There may be more, and some people may not even agree with all those factors, but that's what I believe. And that's like the one player, if this team in the Pac-12 is good, we're just going to hear his name in the Heisman discussion just because of the team he plays for in Adore Jackson. Because whenever USC is at the top of the field, one of their players is always in the Heisman discussion. They're always there. I mean, when we all thought that Matt Barkley was going to be the next Carson Palmer, Matt Leinart kind of lineage in that quarterback tree. Everyone before that season was like, Matt Barkley, he's going to be a Heisman finalist. He's going to make the Trojans great again. A little Donald Trumpism there. But then you had Matt Leiner. USC was pretty damn good. Heisman winner. Reggie Bush, they were pretty good. Heisman winner. Carson Palmer, they were pretty good. Heisman winner. If USC is good, they're going to get in primetime, like you said. And Adoree Jackson, we're going to hear his name quite a bit. But to end this segment, let's go ahead, give our top fives. If you're on Blog Talk Radio, then 
you won't be able to see the top fives. You'll just have to hear them. However, if you're on YouTube, I'm going to try to make a graphic for this. So if you see it, cool. If you don't, then I couldn't get it done. But Brandon, what's your top five? So top fives going five to one. So the first one, Baker Mayfield, quarterback from Oklahoma. He had a good season last season with Oklahoma. Uh, you know, he helped take them to the college football playoff. That's very impressive for him. He has it under his belt. He's a guy who I think could really kind of repeat as being a very good leader and very good for Oklahoma. At number four, I've got Christian McCaffrey. You know, if his numbers in 2016 mirror anything what he did in 2015, he has to be inserted into the conversation this year. Uh, he was a little bit last year, a little too late, but I, I think that he he was good last year. You can't take it away from him. Was he good enough to win it? No. Uh, but I think that he was very good, and uh, he may get some sympathy votes as well. Dalvin Cook at number three. This guy's a stud. I mean, he has big games, make, makes big plays in mm-hmm. those big games. I mean, he's really, really good. However, there's a defense to start the season, defense to end the season, Ole Miss to start, Florida to end. Those are good defenses. How does he do against them? And number two, Deshaun Watson. Repeat last year, I think he got it in the bag. However, I do, like I said earlier, I think the hype could hurt him. And then Leonard Fournette, if you play well against Alabama, my friend, you are going to be the Heisman winner. Because, again, I'm assuming Mm -hmm. that he plays really well against everybody else. But Alabama is that key game. How do you perform there? Before I give my top five, got a follow-up question. If, If Leonard Fournette wins the Heisman, is he the number one pick in the NFL draft? Depends on who the team is that's picking let's in the draft. Say, let's say it's a team that has no specific need. No specific need. So they they don't really need a quarterback is what I'm trying to say. Okay, so that, <laughs> you, that, that does not make sense. How about a team that has no specific need? But let's say they need a quarterback. No, they don't need the, a quarterback is that, what I said. They don't need a quarterback. Okay, well... Again, I, th- I think that's like a Dallas really last silly. year. Okay, like yes, they take him. Okay, they they a team a team would take him. Why would you want, want to? That's all why I want would to you, hear. Especially running that's back these days. I mean, quarter quarterback. I I feel like running back is a more mm-hmm. critical position mm-hmm. than than at QB. I, I you know some people will say you're wrong. I think that quarterback is so important out on the field, but it's. This sounds bad, but you can you can find a quarterback. You know, you can find a quarterback to who will be a good leader. For running back, you just can't find a good running back every day. That's what I think. And guys like Leonard Fournette only come around every once every so years Absolutely. with Adrian Peterson. But my top five to kind of wrap it off is number five, I'm gonna go with the shocking sleeper of Greg Ward Jr. You guys will get a little bit of dosage of why I think or how good I think Houston's actually going to be this year in a little bit. Then number four, Josh Rosen. Like I said, I think this is the year where he puts his name on the map, gets into the Heisman finalist kind of situation, and then we're talking about him being the Heisman for 2017. At number three, I'm going to cave and go with Christian McCaffrey. I think that Stanford, are they going to be great? Probably not, but if they're good, they're all going to be because of him because we know the quarterbacks probably are going to be going through some mistakes early on through the season, so he's going to be the biggest bright spot there. Then at number two, I'm going to go at Leonard Fournette. I don't think that he wins the Heisman because call it call it drinking the orange Kool-Aid or the tiger Kool-Aid, the purple Kool-Aid, whatever color you want to put on to it from Clemson, but I think Deshaun Watson's your Heisman winner this year. I think that he fits the mold of what we saw with when Cam won it, when Tebow won it, when Manziel and RG3, I know they didn't make it to the national championship, when famous Jameis won it, when Mariota won it. This guy is going to be special for Clemson. He's getting his number one target back, and that's just going to help him down the road, and that's going to help him win the Heisman this season, but let's transfer into who do we got in the college football playoff? And Brandon, before we give our picks, what teams are you looking at where it's like, give me a starting base. What teams are we looking at that could be playoff bound this year? 
So you want me to give my my teams who I I'm looking at? Just give me a team. Let's talk about a few teams, and then we'll give our picks later on. We got we got to have them wait. We okay. Got to do the little tease, the little radio tease. Little radio tease. <laughs> oh. What's tougher, a radio tease or an in person tease? What do you think? Probably the radio tease. Yeah, I would assume. Harder. I would assume. So the first team I want to start off talking about then the Clemson Tigers. Gotta Clemson Tigers. The best, right? They got so close last season, and so. So close last season. Uh, they played a great game uh, against Alabama. Alabama ended up being the winner, but we we saw that one of the best defenses in Alabama was not able to necessarily. They held up. Mm-hmm. They bent. They were like bending, 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 they bending, break, and they were though. about to break. They did not break, but that's one of the best offenses that they went up against mm-hmm. in Clemson. The return of Deshaun Watson is huge, huge, huge wall. It, it That's was two Trump references I know, in one podcast. I know, I know. We are not Trump supporters, sorry, by the way. Gotta sorry. throw that out there. But uh, they returned to Sean Watson. That's huge. It really is because that's going to take this team, I think, to the next level because of the fact mm-hmm. they do return Williams at wide receiver. And who do they got throwing to him? The best quarterback in all of college football. And as some would argue, the best player in all of college football. They returned Gallman. He forced 62 tackles to, ta- to miss. Missed tackles, excuse me. Missed tackles heading into last year's national championship game. Defensively, Lawson is the big loss. But I still think that well, this yeah, defense Lawson is... and Dodd, too. I, I know, but I, I look at Lawson as being the, the bigger one of the two. Yeah. You still have a pretty good defense, even mm-hmm. without those two guys there. You have a solid core group defensively. This is a team that if they don't make the college football playoff, it's because Watson got hurt. Uh, see, okay, I don't think it's going to be, yes, if Watson gets hurt, they don't make the college football playoff. I am actually going to say it's one game, one regular season game makes or breaks their season. And that game is at Tallahassee. That game at Florida State is going to make or break their season. Now, I am on the belief, and Florida State fans have hated me for it. I got a ton of flack on my Florida State preview for saying that Clemson was going to beat you guys. But I just think Clemson's going to be a great team. They're going to run the gambit, go undefeated. Then when we get to the playoffs, we'll talk about that. When we get there, kind of a different story kind of a thing. And I know Florida State fans are sitting there going, but Ricky, we beat them by 10 when they were here last time, two years ago. We beat them by 10. Yeah, who'd you have at quarterback? You had famous Jameis at quarterback. It's easy to say you beat them by 10, and you only beat them by 10 at home, and you had the arguably the best quarterback in the goddamn league that year. You don't have him anymore. You got Sean McGuire, who came in last year and lost to Clemson. So... I wouldn't feel too cocky if I were you, even if, if, even if it was at home because of everything Clemson's got. Dabo knows. I, I don't know how the pizza thing worked last year, but Dabo knows how to kind of motivate his boys. That's why I always say Dabo and the boys. He knows how to motivate his boys and get the most out of them. They just came up one game short. But like I like you said, Brandon, they ran into arguably the best defense in the nation last year, a defense that even shut down Leonard Fournette. So now let's take a look at another team, and I only want to say this because you just were mentioning them. Alabama? The Florida State Seminoles. Oh, okay, okay. The Florida State Seminoles, a team that last year was in a rebuilding year, and they still went 10-3. and three. Still went 10-3. and three. So they've got a, an interesting situation at quarterback. That's the biggest question. DeAndre Francois, Malik Henry, and Sean McGuire. Right now, it doesn't even look like Sean McGuire is going to be the guy. It looks like they're going to go with Francois, at least at this point. Dalvin Cook is ready to rumble yet again. He's already part of the Heisman watch. We talked about that earlier. Mm -hmm. He's going to be huge. He had so many big games, big plays. Jalen Ramsey is obviously going to be missing the secondary. But even with his loss... They're still not losing much because the guys that they have there are solid. They have a great group. They have a great group. The linebackers 
may that may be a little bit of a concern. The quarterback question right now is who's playing and how they're going to do. But I think that this is a team that you talk about talent. This team has talent. I mean, all over the football, offensively, defensively, special teams. This team is very, very good. And that's why to not think of Florida State being back to the college football playoff, you'd be silly to not be thinking of them. There's three games, though, on their schedule that I'm not going to say scare me, but they're question marks to me. The first one's that home opener. That Well, it's I can't say home opener because it's on a neutral site, but the Monday night opener on September 5th, they're going up against Old Miss. Old Miss is pretty good, and guess what? You're going to come in with a quarterback question right out the gate. Old Miss don't have a quarterback question. They have a guy that even though you and me disagree with him in Chad Kelly that he's the best quarterback in the nation— we may disagree with them, but you can't go against that kind of determination. Well, it's a fine line. Is it being cocky or is it just that kind of – because sometimes when guys have that cockiness, like I'm going to go out there and I know I'm the best, so I'm going to go and play like it. Sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. We'll figure out for Chad if it's good or bad, but that's a game where I'm like Florida State could lose. They're at Miami this year, a better Miami team than I'm going to think with – their quarterback entering second year of starting, well, a better second year, and he gets an offensive coach behind him in Mark Rick. That's going to be a tough game. And then, like I said, Clemson. You could have three losses if you lose all three of those. You could, but they won't. They won't lose all three of those games. Certainly not. And I think I could that, see two at most. I think that, yes, Chad Kelly is very good. And, you know, I think part of it might be him saying that because, yeah, he's probably a little cocky, but at the same time he's saying it, now he's thinking, okay, i got to go live up to that now. I said it, I set my goal publicly, now let me go live up to this. But he's very good, but you also have to remember that this Florida State defense, they're not a pushover. I mean, they should. Mm -hmm. I expect them to give him some troubles. We'll see how it goes, but Ricky, I gave you a couple of teams Two that I think. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's not just two in the college football playoff, but what are a couple you're thinking? These And these are teams that I think are going to be in it, but I want to Oklahoma. I want to mention Oklahoma because, to me, we talked about Florida State. And I want to just say, for the sake of my point that I'm trying to make, let's say Florida State loses two of those three games I mentioned. doesn't matter which two. They just lose two of them. You look at Oklahoma, they've got... Some tough games, too. They got two out-of-conference games. September 3rd, week one, they're playing a neutral site game against Houston. Houston pretty good. Houston, a team that, hey, if we can beat you, maybe we can show up you and say, hey, we deserve to be in the Big 12. They also are playing Ohio State. But, yes, it's at home, but it's still fucking Ohio State who would have been in the college football playoff if they did not lose by four to Michigan State last year. Then, I mean, you're playing Oklahoma State, your rival that's always huge. You go to TCU this year. And then, of course, Texas, Oklahoma, you can never count that out. What's the odds that when we get into a committee standpoint that a Florida State two-loss team, let's say for the sake of argument, two-loss team, Oklahoma, if they're a two-loss team because they have some games that they could lose, could this be the year we see our first two-loss college football playoff team selected by the committee? Maybe. I think we almost saw it last year. But I, it's tough. I mean, it's, 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 definitely, it's definitely tough. Um, or could you see a one-loss team getting... <laughs> could you ever see a one-loss team getting in ahead of a completely perfect team? Depends on what the perfect team is. It really depends because the one thing, it depends on what conference they play for. The Pac 12, I just, I think the Pac 12 is not going to be that good this year. So even if you do, if you, even if you have an undefeated team from the Pac 12, oh man, there are so many things. Like, and I'm talking, can, I'm talking like, like a, like a, Really good one-loss team. I could and, see uh, I could and, see a one-loss team from the SEC 
getting over an undefeated team from either the Pac-12 or the Big 12. I can see a one-loss SEC team. So if like Old Miss, Tennessee, Alabama, LSU, or Georgia. Those are the five I'm throwing out there. Florida, I'm sorry I left you out. Those one-loss teams, I could see them getting in over an undefeated Stanford. Well, maybe not Stanford, but like an undefeated Oregon team or even an undefeated Oklahoma would be hard. If Oklahoma goes undefeated, they would be hard because of their schedule. But let's say Oklahoma State doesn't. One of those conferences could get left out. And the main reason why I'm throwing the Big 12 out there, you still don't have a title game. You still don't have a title game. So, of course, you have to run the gambit to get in. But the Big, the Pac-12 to me would be the one that gets left out for that one loss team. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. I mean, the... The way I the conferences I have a lock for sure getting into the playoff, the Big Ten, the ACC, and then the SEC. That last spot, it's either going to be to me, the Pac-12, the Big Twelve, or Houston. Those are your spots. And before we go into national, I love how you just ended the Pac-12, the Big Twelve, or Houston because well, no no one cares about their conference. Any, any other group of five team, I don't have confidence getting in, but Houston because of what they have. But Brandon, let's get into our college football picks so that we can get on and pick a national champion for this season. We'll start with you. Who you got? Okay, so. You want you want all, all four of them? Give me. Do you have each semifinal picked out? Like who plays who in each semifinal? No. Give me all four then. Just give me all four. Okay. So, I'm in no order. Okay. I'm going to okay. be that no in no order guy. Clemson, Alabama, Michigan, and Florida State. We can agree on one. And yes, I am aware that I'm taking two teams. From the ACC. Well, and I'm okay with that. Here's the thing. And this is me mapping out in my head. For that to happen, here's what I think needs to actually happen in real life. Florida State needs to beat Old Miss. They need to beat Miami. And then that Florida-Clemson game, no matter who lost it, it needs to be such a good game and such a close game that the committee goes, well, we can't pick one of those because on the flip side, what also needs to happen is the Big 12, the Pac-12 and the Big 12 can't have an undefeated person and the Big 12 has to have co-champions. If they have co-champions, they're out. So if all the, and those dominoes could fall into place. Pac-12, I don't think we're getting an undefeated guy this season. Oklahoma, if they lose a few and tie with, let's say, TCU or Oklahoma State, that's a viable option. So with both of those being viable, it's not too crazy. It's just that game needs to be, like, that Florida State-Clemson game needs to be game for the ages. Game for the ages. That's what I'm hoping for. That's that's what I'm hoping for. But, th- I mean, that's kind of part of what I thought about when I was when I was picking them. It was mm-hmm. two teams that I'm like... I- I understand they're some from the same from they're from the same conference. I get that, but they these are two teams that I think absolutely I think they are good enough to be in the college football playoff because I think that that's how they're going to perform, mm-hmm. and I think they're going to be better than you know some of these teams that we might see out of the Big Twelve. And I'm going to throw this out at you in the last 15 years, and this is my question for Alabama that makes me I'm going to ask you the question of does this make you nervous? For Alabama this season. The last 15 years, only twice, only twice has the preseason number one played in the national championship game. And out of, and I know for some of you who are going to say, but Ricky, 13 of those are, yeah, 13 of those were BCS. You can't take those into consideration. Okay, out of the two college football playoff years, 50%. 50%. One year, the college football playoff team made the playoffs. Didn't go to the national title. That was Florida State. And then last year, the preseason number one in Ohio State didn't even make the damn playoff. Does that make you nervous if you're Alabama? No. No, because you don't think about those things. 
If you're on our side, we do. We think uh, about we those. we would definitely think about those. <laughs> but but that's why for for Alabama, I'm not really nervous. I mm-hmm. mean, are they going to be what they were last year? No, because there's changes. Guys left, and you guys have to fill in. That's how it goes. It's life. But I do think that they're filling them with with good. Sp- like you take a look at. Obviously, Derrick Henry's leave, left. He's not leaving. He left. He's on the Titans. He already scored a touchdown mm-hmm. in the preseason. But I think that you take a look at the guy coming after him. Bo Scarborough comes in at 6'2", 240 pounds. This guy should be playing on defense. Mm-hmm. But somehow they've, they've got him on the offensive side. Alabama has never not had just a bruiser at running back, as long as I can remember. Except for maybe Mark Ingram. Would you count him as a bruiser? At the time playing for Alabama, he probably was. Okay. Yeah. That was probably the last time they had a true bruiser at the running back position. And I, I just I just think that this team is too good to not count into mm-hmm. the college football playoff. I, I just I, I know they have a bit of a tough schedule. I know they have a bit of a tough schedule. But but I think that they can overcome some of that. And a lot of times, Alabama has had a number of different guys at quarterback, and they've still been okay. I mean, what, was it two years ago when they had Sims and Coker kind of trading off? Yeah, and then Coker this past year, and Jay Coker is never going to be like, whoa, Jay Coker! Well, it's kind of like when they had Greg McElroy, right? I mean, yeah. A.J. McCarron's probably the most star-studded quarterback they had. Yeah, now he's on the the Bengals, right? Yeah, the Bungles. Yes, the Bungles. But and he's I, playing when Andy Dalton injures his thumb. But, you know, the Crimson Tide, they're on the road at Tennessee, mm-hmm. Ole Miss, and LSU. Mm-hmm. Those are all tough. Yeah, those are all really they're tough. Losing, they're losing one of those, and that's why I— Glad the, you're hopeful, the big, the yeah, big jackass. The big difference <laughs> with yours, we have one college football player—well, two in common. Forget about Clemson. Clemson and Michigan, they're the only two we have in common. And for me, they're on each side of the bracket. I actually, in my head, have mapped up who's playing who. I don't think Alabama gets in. I think the team that's going to beat them on for the other team would be a home game, but Alabama would be on the road, is going to get in ahead Let of them. Let me guess. You got Ole Miss Somebody, in there, don't I got you? Ole Miss you are in there. a little prick. So that's one side. On one side, I have Clemson versus Ole Miss. The Heisman winner going up against the quarterback who says he's the best in the nation. You guys will figure out who will win that in a second. On the other side, I don't think Oklahoma is going to be that good this year. I got Michigan already there, but I don't think, do not think, that Oklahoma is going to be good. So really you're sitting there going, but Ricky, who's going to fill that fourth and final spot? I'm on the other side of Brandon. I don't think two teams from the same conference will get in. I don't think the Pac-12 is going to be good enough. So Stanford, I'm sorry you're out. I'm going to go with a group of five team that I think is going to go undefeated and start their season by beating Oklahoma en route to this undefeated season. Michigan's going to play Houston on the other side of the bracket. We are going to get our first non-power five into the college football playoff, in college football playoff history. Ricky, I can certainly respect that uh, that choice. I really can because and then I Tom think Herman's that gonna take a new job. I, I think that that Houston is on the rise, but I think you're motherfucking crazy because I do not think that it's, it's, it's going to play out in that sense. Then again, people probably think I'm dumb as hell for picking two teams from the same conference, but I don't really care. Well, Houston, Houston to me is the only team that can do it, and to me that <laughs> that first game. That's your college football playoff supremacy on the line. I just I just want to say to you really quick, and this is actually in defense of your first game, mm-hmm. and, and no one hardly ever defends you because you are batshit crazy, is Baker Mayfield. He was really, really good last season. Oklahoma was, was really, really good last season. He was rough against Tennessee, though, week two. But he loses Sterling Shepard. Mm-hmm. He's gone. He's now on the Giants. And then they have they may have to rely more on a ground game, and a, a Big Twelve team doesn't necessarily hit me as oh they are a big running team. They need to be able to pass the football around, and if he struggles at all doing that, mm-hmm. yes, Houston could slide right in 
and get that win. I'm just I'm just kind of looking at it from one side, obviously with with Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and not necessarily looking as much with with Houston. But Houston, again, I said it. Houston's a team on the rise. Houston's a team that really could be going places and literally going places, moving <laughs> moving conferences. Well, but I, I said, think that th- it, it could be a really good game, and I think it will be. You said exactly what I was thinking. Number one, like you said, Sterling Sharper, Sterling Shepard, no longer there. He's even in the discussion to take a job away from Victor Cruz. Well, Victor Cruz Giants. is always hurt. And Victor Cruz is a salsa dancer, right? He, he was yes. the one that did the salsa yes. dancing. Probably hurt his hammy that way. I know he has, and I'm talking about Mayfield now, they have Samaj P. Ryan, and they're going to lean on him more. However, what's the one thing that we always make fun of Big 12 teams for not playing? Defense. What does Houston play with uh, Tom Herman? Defense. Defense. That's going to be the key. They're going to play better defense than Oklahoma, and if Greg Ward Jr. can just be the guy we think he's going to be in Houston, they can get the W because the rest of their schedule is... The rest of their schedule to me, when I say cupcake easy, means, okay, let's just not take this game for granted and we can win the game. But yeah, that's my college football playoff. Clemson and Old Miss on one side playing each other, Michigan and Houston on the other side, and we're going to segue right into the national championship predictions. And I'm going to do something different and actually start with mine because I've been asking you to give yours first all podcast. But on one side, I've got Clemson Old Miss, the Heisman winner against the guy who thinks he's the best quarterback in the league. Clemson's going to win this game. Clemson is going to go on to the national title game for the second year in a row. Then on the other side, if we turn our attention I've got Michigan, who to me is going to be the number one team when it's all said and done. The way my matchups have to go, Michigan, number one, playing the four at two, and then you've got you've got number two Clemson playing number three Old Miss. Michigan's going to get the win over Houston. I mean, Tom Herman, a familiar foe, kind of okay. I'm going to figure out how to beat Michigan, but he ain't going to be able to figure out Tom or not Tom, Jim Harbaugh and his team. Harbaugh going to get the win, and then it's Dabo versus Harbaugh in the national championship. What do you got? I'm well, going to wait for my winner. We'll, we'll, we'll course, give it our tease. Of course. Of course. All about the teases <laughs> here on the Primetime Podcast. So I've got uh, Florida State taking on Michigan. Mm-hmm. I've got uh, Clemson taking on Alabama. So you have a rematch of the national title game. Got a little rematch game. of the national title game from last year. Who wins each game? So Hit me. Florida State beats Michigan, and I know, just a blow for you, isn't it? And then Clemson gets revenge, and they beat Bama. So then we've got Florida State and Clemson. We're going to have an AC, little ACC matchup. An ACC Atlantic national title game. Yeah. Wow. Never been done before. Wow. Well, it, well looking, looking at these college football playoffs, they're all about first. Every year we get a first. Yeah. Every I mean, you can say, well, Ricky, we've only had two years. Duh, we're going to get first. We've gotten a first every year. Ohio State the first year. Then, I mean, I guess we could kind of count Alabama and their run as like a first with the just basically with Derrick Henry, what we saw from that team. And who's winning that game? Clemson, Florida State. Because Florida State's your number one, right? So that means they would have had to win the battle in Tallahassee. Does Clemson win the rematch then? No. No. They wow. fall just short, and Florida, Florida State, State is your national wow. trophy winner. The national trophy. I'm going to go on, see, with mine. And guys, guess what? I am probably completely inaccurate. With mine, I don't know who the hell to pick. I would love and to And who do you got? Clemson, Michigan. I would love to say, well, fuck it, Deshaun Watson, Heisman, National Trophy, boom, there you go. But then on the other side, I'm going, I fucking love Michigan. I love this team. I love Jim Harbaugh. I love, you love what khakis. the Wolverines go. Yeah, you dude, love I always khakis. Got to wear the khakis. Got to wear the khakis. Got to have the Sharpie pinned to uh, your whistle. Got to have the blue Michigan hat. No, mine's a blue Illini hat because I'm an Illini fan. But... I really don't know. Like, And here's another thing that you got to think of. 
Who do I give the kiss of death to for college football? Do I give it to Clemson? Do I give it to Michigan? This is going to be a close game. It's going to be a great game. It's a game I would love to see. Well, duh. That's why I picked it for my national title. I got to go with Clemson. I got it like... If you have the Heisman, you've got the best quarterback in the whole damn nation. Well, there you go. Clemson fans, you're screwed now. Yeah, Clemson. Because Ricky just kissed you to Cle- die. Clemson screwed. Now Florida State's going to actually win the title because I gave Clemson the uh, kiss of death. But I've got Clemson over Michigan. Anything that we need to hit before I wrap up shop today, Brandon? No, I don't think so. Anything we got to hit. Nothing at all. Anything to hit? Well, I'll tell you what. We're certainly not going to be hitting any bitches uh, like they played in the song last night as as Aroldis Chapman no. left the Cub game. You know, that guy got fired, though. No. Good song, but I wouldn't have played it. There. That guy got fired. Would not have played that or, in that Or situation. girl. You know, I just assume guy, but it could have been a girl, too. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> but I would think not, That was the, depending on the song choice. That was the thing on ESPN Radio when I was listening to it here in Chicago. They're like, well, they fired the guy or the girl. We We don't know if it was a guy or a girl, but... I would assume a I would assume a girl would not play something like that and would at least have the smarts to say no. I would also assume that the person who played it did realize they were going to get canned, played it anyways, and said, "I'm done with the Cubs." Oh, he he was quitting. That was that was his "I'm quitting" statement. Or he's just so stupid to where he's like, "This is gonna be funny." That either one of those two things. I hope they laugh like down. that. Well, you know, the idiots that do stuff like that always, A, talk like that, and B, laugh like that. Of course. It's just a known fact. But that's going to do it for the Primetime Podcast this week. Remember, if you're listening on blogtalkradio.com backslash most valuable podcaster backslash primetime podcast, you can go ahead and listen to our podcast there. If you're on SoundCloud, remember, we are moving officially completely over to blogtalkradio.com. October 1st, so we'll no more SoundCloud after that. I want to thank you guys for listening to this podcast. Let us know down below in the comment section what you think. Who are you going to have in your national championship? Who's in your college football playoff? Who's your Heisman winner? Let us know down below. But as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.